everyone. Welcome to Her Take. My name is Jackie. I'm Jen. And I'm Kira. A while back, we had an idea to start a podcast. So we thought, why not? We came together to create a space where we could openly share, learn, and grow with each other as we navigate life after college and in the realm of adulthood. Every week, we'll be sitting down to check in with each other and reflect on what's been on our minds. Any topic, big or small, meaningful or not so much, we'll be sharing our take. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Her Take. Jackie here. Hope you're all having a wonderful week and had a great weekend. It's finally back to work. We're recording this on a Sunday night, so we definitely have the Sunday scaries. I'm going back to work for the first time in two weeks tomorrow, so I'm very (laughs) concerned. (laughs) But wishing you all the strength to get through it. We can do it. Everything will be fine. Um, We're so happy to be back after the holidays. We're feeling good. We're feeling energized, sort of. So we're excited to get into this. Um, Just want to remind you all to follow us on Instagram at Her Take Podcast and on Twitter at Her Take Pod. Feel free to interact and engage with us there. Follow us if you'd like, and you can always let us know topics you want us to discuss and anything else you think we should uh, be talking about. So I think with that, we'll get into our check-in. So Kira, how are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for asking. I'm doing well. I am back in San Francisco. I went back to work on Friday, but it was pretty chill because it's Friday and people were still out. So a nice way to kind of ease back in after the holidays. But I did have quite a long flight um, Thursday, so feeling a little run down um, and just kind of having a relaxing weekend trying to unpack, clean up, organize myself so I'm all set uh, to go into next week in the right headspace and uh, get my immune system back up. Flights are just like my, I got a pimple, like on the flight it happened. It's just an immune degrading vessel in the sky. It's really dangerous. So, uh, all the vitamin C that I can take and all the zinc to protect myself. But yeah, that's pretty much it. It's nice to be back and hang with my roommate. Always miss her. Uh, grocery shopping. All the mundane, boring stuff. My mom says our check-ins are boring when we're like, oh, I didn't do anything new. I just went to work. So uh, sorry, mom, but that's just my life. It's still good to reflect on your week, so I'm not getting rid of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's it. I'm boring. I'm trying to up my immune system. That's how boring I am. And that's all I got for you. Thanks, everyone. Well, Sally Murphy, I will try to spice up my life for you just so I can make the check-ins yeah. more Legit. interesting. I'm like, look, she's, gonna- <laughs> she's not wrong. Like, we, we do have boring <laughs> check-ins, like, 80% of the time. Yeah. But I'm also like, I mean, what do you want me to do? What should, just how life. do you spice it up? I know. I'm like, mm, I do really just go to work. I don't know what to tell you. I'll somehow, like, I don't know, 
invent something or maybe I should start making up lies for the check-in. Yeah. You know, just like some crazy story. (laughs) I rescued a panda yesterday. Congrats. Thanks. (laughs) That's my check-in. Well, we actually did adopt an elephant. I, that's what I got Kira as part of her Christmas present, was I adopted That actually elephant. is so, true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That kind of is a nice, uh, Yeah. We have a family out in Africa. Yeah. So. Yeah. She's beautiful. Her She's trunk beautiful. was severed by a snare when she was a baby, but it was reattached. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's intense. Yeah. She's been thorough. Yeah. Elephants are my um, favorite animal. I mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. they, like, kind of make me cry. I love them so much. For various reasons. Not only do I think that they're so elegant and beautiful, but they're also a matriarchy and just incredibly smart creatures. Um, So I was very touched that Jackie adopted an elephant uh, for our little family. We love that. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Kira and I have finally brought a child into the world together. So we're really excited. It was only a matter of time. (laughs) Everyone was waiting for it. Exactly. Yeah. We'll let you know when the wedding is. But, you know, yeah. we're non-traditional, so we have kids first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't conform. Anyway. And a non-human kid. <laughs> a non-human kid. Adopted That's a non-human. The, those are the best kind of kids, I think. True. Um, I do wonder if... Because I have... Um, my roommates also adopted me an elephant last year from the same... It's the David Sheldrick Wildlife Organization. Um, I do wonder if we can go and visit them one day. Right, so I actually did research about this yesterday, um, yeah. and you can. They have oh my gosh, hourly viewings. They do an. I have an, a one hour viewing that you have to book in advance. Um, one hour. That's all at, I get. So it's midday, and then if you are an adopt, if you are an adopter, then they have viewings in the evening. Yeah, it's only an hour, which is. I mean, it's for like the wellness of the elephant, so I get it. But, okay. Okay. I mean, I, I guess understand. there's no limit from stopping you going, like you know, five days in a row, if that's how long you're in Nairobi yeah, for. I think that's where their center is. Yeah. For an hour. Yeah. Just move to Africa. Problem solved. Problem yeah. solved. Just I mean, go to kind Nairobi. of a big move, but. I wonder if you could volunteer. That'd be a oh, whole sure commitment. Yeah. But I know nothing about. I'm not about... qualified to care. Yeah. yeah. We're not qualified exactly. to care for elephants. Yeah. Should have been a zookeeper. Ugh. But the organization is amazing what they do because yeah, elephants are endangered species and are killed for their tusks for ivory. So it's very sad. And these people rescue elephants or ones that are separated from their mothers. It's really such a beautiful organization, what they do. Mm-hmm. That's all. Thanks yeah. for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Um, I think with that, Jen, you want to tell us how your week was? So, great week this week. Um, I caught up with multiple friends this week. Jackie, Kira, and I got coffee last Monday, so that was great. And then yeah, I've been getting lunches day. and dinners with people, so that's been really great. Even today, I went into the city to meet up with a girl from Lehigh that was in my sorority and a few other people in my sorority that live in New York City. Um, And we just caught up and I hadn't seen them in about a year. So that was really nice. So a lot of that this week. 
Um, I technically went back to work on Thursday, but I've been working from home the past two days. But um, yeah, like Jackie, not looking forward to going back to work on Monday, and it's going to be rough going into the office. But I am definitely ready to get back into a routine because on New Year's, my sleep schedule got very messed up. I was up till 530 in the morning. So I just feel like I just keep taking naps in the middle of the day and then staying up really late at night. And I just need to get back on a normal schedule for my own sanity. But yeah, New Year's was really great. I spend it with my family like I do every year. And it was really fun. Um, We were just drinking and playing quiplash and singing karaoke outside and all that fun stuff. So always love New Year's. Um, So yeah, that's been pretty much it for me. I saw a lot of my family this week as well. So that was great. Um, One little story that I wanted to tell our listeners about because it's related to Kira's iPhone fiascos last week. So recently I went to go put my AirPods in for work and noticed that my left AirPod hasn't been charging. And now I've noticed that Sometimes it doesn't charge when I put it in the case, and I will either have to really press it down to make sure that it's charging. Um, So I don't know what the issue is. I tried cleaning it out with um, a little tissue, but I feel like it might be something else. It's not not charging at all, but I'm currently debating whether I want to venture to the Apple store to go get it fixed because it's what Steve Jobs would have wanted for me to do, or... Mm -hmm. Do I just deal with it until I run out of patience dealing with it? I feel like the latter is probably going to be what's going to happen, but we shall see. I mean, I don't have AirPods, so I don't really know anything about them. Are these new or have you had them? You've had them for a while, right? I got them last Christmas, so it's been a year. And yes, of course, now they're not working. The warranty. Yeah, I don't know. Um... My guess is the warranty is a year, in which case it's been over a year, just over a year. But it's just the one AirPod that's not charging in the case. So I don't know what's up with that. But it's really annoying. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's annoying enough that I personally would... My thing is, in the past, like, few years, my new thing is, like, just ask for things. You never know. Like, the worst I can say is, like, oh, sorry, it's past the warranty. We can't help you. But maybe, like, they can actually fix something or whatever. So That's true. I say it's worth a shot to go and see what they can do to help you because you never know. Yeah. Like I said last week, they have great customer service. They might mm-hmm. – uh, I once had headphones that I bought. They were Beats headphones that I bought there, like, uh, in-ear ones. Mm-hmm. And I, But I bought it from Apple. And I think – I don't remember what happened. I think one of the um, – Bud stopped working and I brought it back to Apple and I knew I just needed new ones so I was just going to exchange it but they had like oh no we have to look into it and figure out why it's not working and if we can fix it we'll fix it and if not we'll um get give you a new pair so that was just a long around way of saying that if you go they might be able to fix it or replace it even if it's past a year yeah Yeah, I definitely don't want to buy new ones, but ever since I got them, they've really become such a big part of my life, as silly as that sounds. I feel like I listen to music more. I listen to podcasts more. Um, 
it's just so nice not being attached to a wire. But yeah, I use them at work. Like I truly do use them every day, but they are expensive. So I don't really want to shell out more money to buy new yeah, ones. They are expensive. I yeah. looked at it quite mm-hmm. pricey for little tiny earbuds. Also, yeah. I don't find Apple's earbuds comfortable. So mm. I'm not, yeah, I don't know if I have like a small ear notch thing. Ear What's props? the ear hole called? Your lobe? Mm. Well, no, the lobe's the... The lobe's the... The part where you pierce it. Whatever the ear hole part is called. I don't know if mine's small or whatever, but it's never comfortable. Mm. It should not be one size fits all. Yeah, the Beats ones are... Yeah, the Beats ones have the... Because I have the Beats wireless headphones, which are more expensive than the Apple ones by a bit. Um, But they do have... Like the, like what are the rubber, like the actual rubber piece that goes into your, I think it's called like your ear canal, right? That oh, you can change yeah. out. So you can, <laughs> you can change that piece to be to for a bigger one or a smaller one. So there is a little more customization available for the Beats ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't have the Beats ones anymore because um, it kept breaking after a year, so I didn't like it. Um, but yeah, the same thing where you can get different sizes. So that it's the most comfortable for you. That's how I like to roll, mm. personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know I look a little stupid with my uh, wired uh, headphones. So I'm just an old timer. I don't know what to tell you. Just an old right. soul. <laughs> just an old soul. I like my wires. Yep. It's actually not true. They're kind of annoying sometimes. but Yeah, the, the, and the Apple ones will break. You know, they have... Like oh, just, I'm sure Apple designs it to break. Oh, 100%. You know? Like, the same yeah. thing with their charger, like, the the cable. Yeah. That, everyone has the same, it always breaks in the same place for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Scary. Oh, well, I will update you guys if I end up getting them fixed or not. Um, I think it's just a matter of if I want to actually put in the effort to go to the Apple store. So I'll let you guys yes, know. Yes, keep us updated. This yes. is the kind of stuff my mom wants to hear, you know? Report yeah. back. <laughs> this, is, this is the really interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. Riveting. Leave us on a cliffhanger. Um, Jackie, do you want to tell us how your week has been? Yeah, so uh, my week has been very lazy, very laid back. I've been trying to get a little work done, not for actual work, just, you know, applications and things like that. Um, haven't been too successful, but I've, you know, everything is fine. Um, I've just been, it's crazy because when you're at work, two weeks flies by so quickly. And now that I've been at home for two weeks, it just feels like I've been out of work for a long time, which is good and bad because I feel like I'm not doing anything and I'm, I feel lazy. And, and now that every, like you guys are, have both, you know, gone to work already and I feel like I'm still here, just not doing anything. So I kind of have, um, I don't want to go back to work, but I'm like also a little, I guess a little anxious to get back because I want to get moving yeah. again because mm-hmm. my schedule, like even my sleeping schedule and things like that have just sort of been all over the place because yeah. I'll stay up late because I don't need to be anywhere tomorrow. So I am looking forward to getting back on a regular schedule. Um, yeah, so it's been a very laid back week. Even New Year's Eve, we just, you know, had like a get together at my house. So I didn't even go out then. Um, 
But last night, which was Saturday night, um, our friend Amy invited me to go see the Alvin Ailey, um, the Alvin Ailey uh, Dance Company, um, which is held, they do performances at the New York City Center, which is in Midtown. Um, and it was really great. I'd never heard of them, but she told me that she had, I think she had done uh, a summer intensive there and has danced with them in the past when she was, in, when we were still in high school. Um, and they are, they do like, I don't know how you would describe it. I'd never heard of them until she asked They're me. They're quite I, I a little. I know. I, I realized that it's like a it's like a big deal, but I just have had never heard of them. But they do kind of like yeah. more modern dance. It's yeah. sort of like has like elements of ballet, but they do like modern dance and they're inspired by like African culture as well. That's sort of like the the goal of the organization. And most of the dancers are people of color. Um, most of them are black, uh, which was really great to see. And like most of the audience as well, which is really exciting. Um, so that was great. It was fantastic. I would have never gotten tickets to see that if she hadn't invited me. So I was really happy to go. And we don't get to hang out as much as I'd like to. So it was nice. Um, That's so yeah, nice. So it was, uh, I felt very cultured after. Um, very cool. Yeah. Bon appetit. And I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I did also, I got a haircut on sat on Friday as well. Okay. Yeah. So I'm feeling cute and short and sassy. Thanks to, uh... Our girl Chris, thanks Kira for the recommendation. I ended up going to her. You did? Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. She was oh, like, "Oh yeah, I, I do the that. whole Murphy family." I didn't realize she that does all of us now. Oh yeah. nice! Hooray! So, yeah, she, she started doing my dad too. Yeah, that's nice. So, and she just yeah. kept saying, "Oh, you have the nicest hair," and I was like, "Thank you." You do. Just kept complimenting me on my hair, which is great. I have said this for really years. <laughs> yeah, she's so nice. So was delightful so yeah i'm feeling refreshed a little bit i you know had did a social activity so it was nice and uh i'm looking forward to getting back into my routine so good i relate to that too i feel mm-hmm. you it is kind of weird yeah. how when i have time off or in the past when we had time off from school it would feel like not enough time always mm-hmm. yeah but the past two weeks, it felt quite long and that I was ready to go back. I think mainly to get back to the routine because it just mm-hmm. felt like I was being so lazy at home that I was craving being busy and having things to do. Um, so right. I think that was more it. But it's just interesting how with the school, I'm like, oh, gosh, don't send me back. Even though I do like school. Um, yeah. But the two weeks, it really, you know, it felt long and recharging. But I I think when you get back to routine, too, I feel you. Yeah, I think when you're in school, your schedule is weird anyway. Like, I I don't think I had a single class ever on a Friday in my four years of college. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I just, you know, I just was able to, even my freshman year, it just worked out that way. I, you know, would take classes that were on a Tuesday and Thursday. I think one year I had a recitation. One semester I had a recitation, which was like an extra. I don't know if other schools call it recitations, but it was like an extra, mm-hmm. uh, an hour long session with your uh, TA. And it would be a smaller group as opposed to the whole lecture joining. Um, so we, ha- I think I had one, a one hour recitation one semester on a Friday. Um but, I mean, I really, like, my schedule was so, your schedule, you know, you're not in class for that long. So, you don't, your your schedule and your routine is weird anyway. 
So when you're home doing nothing, it's not that different from the amount of time you really spend in class in college, at least for me, I felt like that. Um, I think that's maybe mm-hmm. why, because then you're working now, you know, nine to, I work nine to six. So I'm at work all day and, you know, my day is, is always full. Right. Plus, I feel like in college, you have finals right towards the end of the semester. So you really mm-hmm. do need mm-hmm. that break. Yeah. You know, work was busy before the holidays, too, but I don't think it was anything compared to final season, at least for yeah, me. definitely not. Thank right. God. <laughs> Thank I God. school is much more exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah. So, I mean, I think looking forward to the week, weirdly enough, I think it'll be good to get back into the routine. Um, excited for what's coming ahead. Excited for 2020, kind of. Um, <laughs> kind of. On that note, kind on of. That note, kind of. Let's talk about and how I, trash yeah, the world kind, is. Right. So, uh, on the fact that we're kind of not looking forward to 2020, I think I'll let Jen uh, talk about one of our topics for the week. There's just too many things going on. We have to talk about a couple of different things. So, I will let Jen uh, introduce us. Okay. Hi, everybody. Jen again. So, this week we decided that we were going to talk a little bit about the news. Because like we were saying, there's been a lot going on even in the first few days of 2020. Um, so one of the first things that we wanted to talk about briefly was some of the fires that are going on in Australia. So if you haven't heard about this, basically the entire country, well not the entire country, but large portions of the country are burning. And it's really scary. Um, so I just want to do a quick little recap on why that is, and what are some ways that we can help out there. So first I'll start off with just a very, very brief history into the fires going on in Australia. So similar to California, Australia can be very hot and dry and may be, you know, susceptible to um, bushfires. So this is not an uncommon thing, and actually it's very natural to happen in Australia. However, largely due to climate change. The temperatures have been rising. Um, The country is getting even hotter. So these fires have been escalating and spreading more than they have been in the most recent years. So because of this, people need to evacuate their homes. Entire habitats are being destroyed. And it's very troubling. Um, I'm not sure if any of our listeners have seen the photos online, but It's very scary to look at. Um, The sky looks red there. It seems to be smoke everywhere. People are um, left to go to the beaches to escape the fires and evacuating their homes. So it's very scary. Um, So one of the reasons why I personally wanted to talk about it this week was just because I've been seeing um, a lot of this online. People have been talking a lot about how You know, there hasn't been as much coverage as there was when Notre Dame even went on fire. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I have been seeing a lot circulating online and hopefully our listeners have as well. Um, But something that's really been troubling me, other than the fact that the fires have been ongoing for a while and don't seem to have any end in sight at the moment, is sometimes I feel like there's nothing I can do and I'm just sitting here in America in New York, feeling very safe. And meanwhile, halfway across the world, people's homes are burning down, animals are being burned alive, entire habitats are being destroyed. And 
Obviously, that would make anybody overwhelmed and upset, um, but it feels like other than donating, sometimes I feel like I am not being of use in that way. So I don't know if Jackie and Kira, you guys have any input on that as well, um, and if you feel the same way sometimes about some of the natural disasters that occur in our world. Well, I do think donating feels very detached, and mm-hmm. it, that is something that I struggle with. Um, but I do think in this case, given the geographic distance, the research I've done on where you should be donating, it does seem that monetary donations are the best for those of us not in Australia. Um, but I think you can the a way to make it feel much more uh, what's it, like purposeful or thoughtful is to do more research in the organizations that you donate to. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of what I see is Red Cross and that's great. Totally like donate to Red Cross. You know, they have the resources to take action quickly. So that's why they are a great organization to donate to. Um, but there are plenty of other I think something that will be neglected are the firefighters and the firefighters' families, the families of those who have passed away. I think those kinds of organizations might not get as much attention or um, wildlife organizations. I believe koalas are already, um, their population is struggling. So if you're having a lot of koalas burning, that's going to be a big issue in coming years is to maintain those populations. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I mean, I feel like it doesn't really make sense to donate clothes or if you're in Australia, which I've looked at our stats, we don't have Australian listeners, so (laughs) I don't think uh, anybody can help us out here. But for those in Australia, you can donate um, clothes or sanitary products or personal hygiene products, things like that, I think are really helpful to those who are displaced from their homes. But I think, unfortunately, I agree. It feels very detached to just give money and not do anything. Um, But I feel like at this stage, like, that's all you can do. And I do feel a lot of people are giving it a lot of attention, which is great. Um, I I know that they had a drought earlier in the year, so that all contributes to it. And when I was looking it up, there was, Mm -hmm. like, an Indian dipole effect. So with the water there causing more extreme heat this year. So at least people are paying attention and uh, aware of the reasons for why this is happening. I, well, I'm glad that we touched base on like why this is happening because I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh my God, it's burning, donate. But you have to understand like when the Amazon was burning, a major part of that was for an- animal agriculture. And that happens every year where they burn the Amazon to make space for animal agriculture. Oh, like to clear land. Um, to clear land, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I was curious if you know that was what was happening here, and it doesn't seem that that's the situation here. It does seem to be more um, extreme right. weather conditions. So yeah. I think it's really important that you shed light on that, and it's not just like you know, if you say it's because they had a drought, it's so much more that goes into it than just being like, oh, there was a drought. You know, there's like. <laughs> A lot that has to happen to get to this extreme level. Yeah. It's very, uh, very unsettling, the 
images are horrifying to put it simply. Yeah. Yeah. One Um, thing that you said about donating is I think this is where I struggle is donating feels very detached and I have donated. Um, There are many different organizations that you can donate to as Kira mentioned, Red Cross is one of them. There are several organizations that are donating to specific firefighters in different areas of Australia that are affected, um, the wildlife organizations down there as well. So you could split your money different ways. You can donate to one or the yeah. other. Um, I'm sure whatever you donate will be very much appreciated and useful. Yeah, I had read an article it's probably like a few years ago now, and I don't remember where it was from, so I'm sorry, but um, something that had come up in that article was sometimes donating can be the most useful way of helping in a scenario or a natural disaster because you're giving money to people who are equipped to deal with these situations, and that oftentimes can be like the best way to actually deal with the situation. So I, I kind of tell myself that to make me feel a little bit better. But yeah, I, I'm definitely struggling seeing the images and feeling like there's nothing I can do other than donate and not really knowing if there is an end in sight in the near future or not. Um, but we're definitely keeping Australia in our thoughts this week and hoping that... Um, the bushfires will settle down soon. Right. I also think it's important to not forget. I feel like that's a big part of Mm -hmm. the issue with uh, trying to donate and help is like after the fires, hopefully soon, I don't know how, but hopefully soon the fires are put out. There are going to be so many people who don't have a home and so many people who lost loved ones. Uh, so many animals that have died, so much land destroyed. Australia is going to need a lot of help to rebuild that. And I think it's important because we are so far away. Like people are going to forget about that. Yeah. Um, even people in Australia, I'm sure, are going to forget about that. People forget about California. People have already, we're not talking about the Amazon anymore. Like nobody, once it's not in the news and in the forefront, you don't pay attention anymore. So I think that's another thing you can do is like maybe every month for the next year or so, if you are financially able to, you can send money to Australia's Red Cross or money to a wildlife organization in Australia. Um, And you don't have to do that. I'm just saying, like, to not forget even after it's uh, no longer in the news. But yeah, like, we're not going to go out with gallons of water on a plane and fly to Australia right now. Like, that's just not something we can do at this stage in our life. Um, but maybe some of the billionaires who donated to save uh, Notre Dame could step up their game a little bit. I don't know. Mm. I've been thinking about that, too, because I've seen a few celebrities online saying that they've donated. And I think that's really great. Um, but even today, I saw that um, the Kensington Instagram, they had posted something about the Australian fires and saying that they're in our thoughts and prayers. And I'm thinking to myself, you guys actually have the means necessary to contribute to helping uh, relieve this disaster. Um, I am not really aware that they've done anything, but just from that post, it didn't seem like they pledged donating anything to any of the disaster relief. So it's a little troubling. Well, the royal family has taxpayer money, so I don't know how that all works. That's true, too. Um, 
Yeah. But they could do something. I'm sure they could help. Yeah, 100%. I mean more like Jeff Bezos, like, sitting on Amazon money. Like, go put it to something more beneficial. Things like that. Agreed. I don't know. So, as we wrap this topic up, um, and before I pass this on to Jackie to talk about our next topic, I definitely think that we will be posting maybe some useful links for anybody that is interested in donating to some of the disaster relief funds. Um, and we will keep our listeners updated on the progress of hopefully stopping these fires from spreading in the next week. So stressful. The planet is burning. It's like not, I don't know what to do for the next decade. Like imagine I'm kind of going off trail, but like 10 years from now, like where are we going to be in 10 years? Are we even going to have a planet? I don't know. I don't know. Scary. I think we'll have a planet. That's a little dark, but it's just like, it's really insane the damage it's doing. So, Mm -hmm. like you said, uh, money might seem detached, but it's better than thoughts and prayers, people. That's true. Thoughts and prayers are getting us nowhere. Yeah, a situation like this is difficult because it's, you know, in terms of going out there and, and volunteering, you know, for us, it's not something that's possible, but, you know, in terms of like a your average Australian citizen, you know, this is a wildfire, so it's an active situation that's dangerous. So it's hard to sort right. of, I think, participate in a way that's useful because like they're, they're not just going to send in people that are untrained unless you are a firefighter who's going to volunteer your time and your services. I think it can be difficult. I mean, there's, you know, that because that seems to be the biggest problem, I think, um, in terms of like getting people shelter and food and things like that, there's certainly ways I'm sure to, to volunteer your time. Um, but the part that really needs, you know, just people, just bodies is, is actual, the the actual firefighting. So it's, uh, it's sort of a, it's a difficult situation, but I mean, I think we should, I've seen really remarkable images this week of Australians as they're fleeing their homes, you know, it's like, uh, like putting koalas in their cars and driving them to safe locations, oh things like that. So I will say like props to people that in the midst of their homes being destroyed, like take the time to try and save any animals as possible. That Yeah, that's like pretty sad. Mm. Um, so I think uh, the any wildlife organizations is something that I definitely I'm going to look into and, and would like to donate money there because we have to save the koalas. And the kangaroos and all other animals that are important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So keeping with the the light theme of today's episode, <laughs> I think I'm going to talk about Happy Iran. New Year. Iran. I think I'm saying Iran. I, we had a discussion before the episode. I think I'm, I say Iran. We're going to talk about Iran. Um, <laughs> we think that's which, right. We think it, I think that's correct. I just go back and forth even in my regular everyday life about how I pronounce it. So I'm going to go with Iran for now. Um, so there's lots to unpack and there's a lot going on this week relating to Iran. Um, I want to just hit a few couple of quick facts because when the strike happened on Friday, so um, which was January 3rd, um, the U.S., uh, so there was a targeted drone attack that killed General Qasem Soleimani, who was the head of 
Iran's elite military force. Um, so this was a targeted attack intended to kill him, obviously. Um, so the response from Iran has been uh, not good. Shocking. I'm not sure why anyone is surprised that Iran, Iran, <laughs> is, you know, since the attack on Friday, Iran has promised to retaliate against the U.S. with with harsh force, um, which is unsurprising. Um and now Trump and the White House are saying that they are going to respond disproportionately, um, which is disconcerting if if Iran uh, decides to retaliate. And so, I mean, a lot of this has happened. And to me, when this happened on Friday, it was confusing because I didn't understand that this seemed out of the blue and it seemed confusing. So mm-hmm. last week on December 31st, on New Year's Eve, um, the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad in Iraq was attacked and was stormed. That attack was quelled, I think, within a few hours. I think by New Year's Day, or yeah, by New Year's Day, it was over. Um, so the embassy was stormed. All American officials were evacuated, um, and that situation was not resolved, but it it was de-escalated. Um, and then later that week on Friday is when General Soleimani was killed. Um, the U.S. has stated that um, that he was taken out because he was planning imminent and sinister attacks. I think I'm quoting directly here. He was planning imminent and sinister attacks against the U.S. I mean, I'm not really sure what that means. I, I'm not sure that we'll ever necessarily get that information as whether it was a target in the U.S. that they believed was going to happen or if it was going to be an attack on U.S. forces in the region. Um, That's not really clear as of now. Um, So right now, I think understandably, though, the U.S. and really the world is sort of, uh, I think everyone's sort of on eggshells as to what will happen because I anticipate I, I anticipate Iran to retaliate in some way. There has been, um, he was killed in Baghdad, so in Iraq. Um, there have been massive protests against the U.S. as a result of this, not only in Baghdad, but in Iran. Um, and a lot's happening. And, you know, not only is the government extremely angry, but so are the people. So you have popular consent um, in favor of attacks against the U.S. So I'm not really sure, like, how this, this won't end well. I don't, I'm not sure what will happen. Um, it, you know, there's a lot happening. Um, since then, I should also add that, um, the Iranian government has voted on a resolution to, um, or sorry, I should say the Iraqi government has voted on a resolution um, to have the 5,000 U.S. troops that are currently stationed there removed from the country. Um, so the general was Iranian, but he was killed in Iraq. Um, so that's why Iraq is voting on that. Um, so there's a lot to unpack here. I'm not sure if you guys want to contribute thoughts. Um, there's yeah this is uh this is kind of confusing and, and heavy so just want to get general you know initial thoughts yeah well thank you Jackie for the recap I think it's definitely a confusing topic and like you said kind of came out of nowhere it seems and surprised a lot of people so I feel like us included um, a lot of people have been going back and trying to understand a little bit of the history of why this has happened and whatnot um. 
I think what worries me is, again, this is becoming a highly partisan issue, which I feel like it shouldn't be that partisan, yet it is. Um, but when Trump and the White House decided to take out Soleimani, um, I think what the issue is, is there's no, there's no debate that he was a bad guy. Apparently, he is responsible for the deaths of many Americans, and whether he was planning on attacking American diplomats and military personnel, I, I don't know. To be honest, it's not like the CIA or FBI or anybody has really shown evidence supporting that statement that Trump and the White House has made, but I, I don't know. But let's say that that's the truth. Fine. The issue is by killing him, we are now potentially going to go to war or have some horrible consequence come of this because I had seen something online that basically had said that Soleimani is like the equivalent of the vice president in Iran. So that's why this is especially bad and assassinating him is an act of war. So... I would be surprised if Iran did not retaliate in some way, shape, or form. And now, of course, Trump is online saying that if they decide to retaliate, we will retaliate tenfold. And obviously, this might lead to something worse. Um, so I think the the real issue here is that a lot of people on the Democrat side are saying that Trump didn't really think through the consequences of assassinating Soleimani. Um, and anybody that would have thought through the consequences would have known that this would be the outcome as Iran attacking us. Um, so I, I think something else, and sorry, this is a little, it's related, but on a different note is something that I've been thinking about is people are tweeting online. Oh, it's going to be world war three. They're going to draft me, blah, blah, blah. To be honest, that's probably not the case. Um, if we do end up going to war with Iran, which hopefully does not happen, I do believe there are enough people who have volunteered to be in the military, so there's not going to be a draft or anything, I don't think. Um, but this could lead to the lives of many Americans being lost um, senselessly, but also this would likely be happening in Iran. And the U.S. has already caused so much destruction in the Middle East, and I can only just think of the people who are going to be most affected by this is probably going to be the civilians in Iran. So I am crossing my fingers that mm. nothing bad happens as a result of this. I mean, I think it's inevitable that Iran is going to respond in some way, shape or form, but I'm hoping that this whole situation can be de-escalated in the near future. Yeah. Um, Oi. No, Oi is right. <laughs> do you have anything to say, Kira? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, truly, I don't. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about national security, so I really have no comment on the events because I'm confused, like you guys said, and don't really yeah. understand, and I'm very much anti-war and mm -hmm. um, will be deeply disappointed if, yeah, if anything like that remotely happens. Uh, yeah. As the late great Tupac once said, we got money for war but not to feed the poor, so... I, uh, my main issue with this, or not my main issue, but the only thing I will say on this, um, what is most, or one of the most disturbing 
things to me is our president is talking about this on Twitter. And I just think that that should be another thing to add to an impeachable offense is we should not be talking about uh, war tactics or all the weapons we have or anything concerning national security on social media. And I don't think it's anything we should be bragging about. I think that's really disturbing as well. If we do go to war, most of the people who volunteer uh, for our military are not well off. They are mm-hmm. poor Americans. Mm-hmm. They are people who don't come from good backgrounds and are struggling and are looking to make a better life And uh, if they are able to survive. So it's not Trump's kids. It's not the rich people's kids. It's the ones who are struggling. So that's also my problem with the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand it. Um, and I'm, you know, very anti- Waging war against uh, black and brown people. I, uh, just Agreed. to add on to that, I, I generally dis, I, the, the comments and the people making jokes on Twitter about being, oh, I'm about to be drafted. I, I generally have issue with that as if the U.S. hasn't involved, hasn't been involved in conflict throughout the Middle East for the last two decades, you know, as if we haven't had, you know, thousands of troops already you know, present in various countries. Mm -hmm. So the notion that suddenly there's going to be all of these troops in Iran, like we've are, the U S has been actively involved in the region since, you know, since nine 11. I mean, really, yeah, we invaded Iraq in 2003 and we have remained in the region since. So the notion that like, Oh, suddenly the U S needs all of these people is, 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 is misleading because we've been in the region. We've we've been there. We've been there already. So the idea that suddenly we need all these new troops because there aren't any already is is incorrect. Um, so I yeah, and I think there are also the U.S. has a very large military as is. We haven't. There hasn't been a draft since Vietnam. No, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, you're right. I don't. So. Also, yeah, because the U.S. has maintained, like, an active presence has, uh, that, that, yeah, that kind of bothers me. Just because then it, it, I feel like it discredits the fact that we have been actively engaged for so long in various countries. Um, You know, so U.S. soldiers in the region is nothing new. Um, Yeah. I also, um, just to add... Sort of like to what some of the arguments have been about. Well, I found the initial. So I was confused as to why he was targeted. Not that, oh, because he's done bad things or like, okay. So I guess I'm confused as to why him in particular. Like, why take out this leader? I'm not necessarily saying that, like, we shouldn't. I don't know how to, I'm not trying to say like, oh, we shouldn't have, like if he is plotting attacks and then, so if he's like actively plotting or was plotting attacks against the U.S. and we consider him a terrorist, I'm not saying like, oh, it's fine, like it's no big deal, but the idea that eliminating this one person will stop all terrorist attacks seems incorrect and as if, like, I, uh, the 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 argument that like we should take him out because it will stop all conflict. Or, not, I don't know how to explain this. Well, that is it, the argument that of, Trump in the White House is trying to make. Is they're saying that right, and by so, taking him out, they yeah. avoided 
you know, the deaths of potentially many Americans, but I think it will end up being the exact opposite because, of course, Iran is going to retaliate. Right, yeah, so that's what I was trying to say, Jen. Thank you. Because no, it's okay. I don't I'm sorry. That because, because, no, thank you, because I couldn't get my words out, but I don't understand that logic because, mm-hmm. like, it's not like he holds the key to all of the master plans that any government or group might be trying to do like it's not like oh all attacks end with him so and you Mm -hmm. know and then we're just involving soldiers from and so then we're just involving you know the u.s and the iranian people in more conflict that was i'm not saying it was i mean it's yeah i don't know yeah just like i feel like we're just it was it was it was, I feel, a rash decision yep. that is just leading to more violence as opposed to quelling anything. Yeah, and on a similar but note, here's uh, the. I was going to say, on a similar note, um, it is in the Constitution the duty of Congress to declare war or to, you know, approve any type of war act on another country, and this is being viewed as an act of war. I mean, they took out one of the highest ranking I mean, people we in their declared country. War, though. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in Congress are upset about this because they were not consulted about this at all, with the exception of maybe Lindsey Graham. Um, But a lot of them were left in the dark about this, and it seems to have been a very rash decision. And granted, I don't know what the intelligence community dug up about this guy. I mean, truly, if he was plotting attacks against Americans and this could have saved a lot of people, then, you know, maybe this was a decision that needed to be made quickly. I'm not too sure. I'm not too convinced, but I think the bottom line is this is going to end up causing more problems than um, eliminating a singular problem. Yeah, all I was going to say is, um, again, I don't know anything about national security, so I have no idea. All I am hoping is that, you know, I'm anti-Trump. I hope he is not our president next year. I will be voting for wh- whoever gets the Democratic nomination, even if it's Joe Biden, I will vote. Um, but this decision isn't solely Trump, so I'd like to think that somebody in our government understood the consequences mm-hmm. and they had a reason for making this decision. I'm not someone who typically likes to play devil's advocate, but because I don't understand it at all I'm just like well somebody must have there must be a reason other than just for the sake of doing this you know somebody right. must have thought through all the consequences um I don't know I can't imagine that everybody under this White House is that stupid that they wouldn't think about what could possibly happen in a retaliation mm-hmm. agreed Right? That's what you hope. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I wonder. I mean, I. Yeah, I think. Um, I think to that, I I do believe that the president does surround himself with like-minded people, and, and oh yeah, you know, yes men. So I mean, I don't know how much room there is for, to, like dissenting opinion. You know, I imagine the people in his cabinet and the people that are advising him are more willing. I'm not saying they're eager to to be involved in armed conflict, but they're more willing and they feel that that's sort of the only method that will work, 
you know, and they'll, you know, not just, you know, they'll say like, oh, in the Middle East as a whole or, or with Iran. Um, so I think that's something there's, yeah, that's something I think that's definitely, that's probably the case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder how yeah. his supporters feel about it. Um, oh, I'm sure oh, they're thrilled. I've been I have, seeing, I suspect, I think. I've been seeing a few things online just from people I know that are Trump supporters, but also what's her face? Tell me, Lauren. Um, oh my God. Actually, you know, I like (laughs) reading her things because it gives me a perspective of truly what Republicans and Trump supporters rationale is. I mean, of course, I don't agree with it, but at least she, I feel like, comes at it at some level of, like, I can see how somebody thinks that way, if that makes sense. Oh, I don't, I I don't understand understand it. Like, I, I don't understand the sense of, like, I don't sympathize with what she's saying. I don't relate to it, but I can see how somebody might agree with what she is saying. Um, So I was actually looking at a few of her tweets, and she was saying, um, you know, of course we're going to protect Americans and, like, taking out this guy is protecting Americans. I I also feel like a lot of times, this is, like, a whole different rant, but, like, conservatives almost twist what the liberal argument is. Like, nobody is saying that this guy is a good guy. Nobody is defending Soleimani. I think people um, are just saying on the liberal side of things that, hey, this might actually have way worse consequences than may have been foreseen. And if you were trying to protect Americans, you may have actually just done the complete opposite. Um, So I think a lot of the Trump supporters are saying that like liberals are, are, of course, are against this because they just hate Trump and we actually got a bad guy Right, and like we and, love Iran, like we yeah, yeah, like of course we're gonna defend. I hate Americans. the notion. Yeah, I hate the notion. Sorry, Jim, I'm just gonna cut you off because I'm just like bothered by it. No, go ahead. I hate the notion that liberals are are unpatriotic. Oh, I hate that because mm. we criticize. I find that to be so aggravating when Republicans accuse liberals of being unpatriotic because we're concerned. We're like, hey, hold on a second. Before we kill this guy, like, let's, can we talk about it for a second? And they're like, oh, how dare you? This guy's plotting to kill American uh, citizens. And so you want to talk about it. So that means that you care about him. Like, I like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's like the logic that goes to people's heads. And it just like, it bothers me. Like the, the fact that like, I like will openly criticize like the US government, like, because like we should, we shouldn't just be like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Chill. Like I, 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 it, it just bothers me. Like I hate, I hate this sort of like, and they like try to spin it that way that mm. like, because like, we're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't like kill this guy or like, let's think about it. Like that means that like we hate America and like, we just want to, I don't know, like move to like the Netherlands where there's like, we're, cause like we're all socialists and stuff. So mm. yeah. Well, it also is annoying because it's kind of the opposite of how I view uh, the democratic party and being liberal. I think we are the best and should be the best. And for that reason, we should hold ourselves to the highest standard. Yeah. Not even just in this situation, like in every issue that we face and discuss, like if we are the best and we are going to be an example for the rest of the world, we have to hold ourselves to the highest standard. So that I also, I agree. I hate when people are like, for whatever reason, being Republican is more patriotic than being Democrat. Right. I don't know. 
bullshit. If anybody's not patriotic, it's our president. Oops. Mm, mm. Yeah, like saying like hashtag Merca like doesn't make you patriotic and like yeah, wearing Walk around like a, in a MAGA a, a hat, red, white, like, and blue like suit doesn't make you patriotic. Like that's not like what like drinking Bud Light or whatever. I don't know. Like what a, I don't being know, racist I doesn't beer. make you patriotic, right? Yeah, <laughs> you tell. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> rant over. Um, that was, like, not a rant. It was, like, very controlled. I feel, like, very measured. <laughs> nope. Just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're... Yeah. We... Well, I'm sure we will talk about this again. A lot will happen in a week, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're going to stay updated. We're going to keep talking about this. So, I don't want to say, like, I look forward to the discussion, but <laughs> we'll get... We'll get... We'll turn back to this. Um, so I think with that, it's time to turn to our hot takes because I need a little lightness, a little, uh, uh, a little change of pace. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jen, what's your hot take? What's going on? Okay. Well, I got a few hot takes this week, but I will be brief about them. Um, first is that The Bachelor came back last night, Monday night. Um, unfortunately we are recording this on a Sunday, so... I have not yet actually watched The Bachelor, but by the time this airs, we would have watched it. I'm excited for Peter's season. Looks very oh, yeah, dramatic. Pete. Yeah, he is. You know, wow. I used to not think Peter was as cute, but I feel like the more I see promos of him, the more I'm into him. So I'm excited for the season. And, you know, was he my number one pick for Bachelor? No. But, you know, Colton was my number one pick either, and he ended up being a great bachelor. And as always, I'm here for the drama. So looking forward to getting back into that on Monday night. Yeah, so a few other hot takes this week. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up that we discussed briefly last week was You on Netflix. So I finished season two of You. I will say Ooh. that I don't think is as good as season one. In particular, the last episode, the finale, just wasn't my favorite. I just feel like things just started getting super far-fetched, and I got annoyed. Um, but I still think it's a good show. If you're into that kind of stuff, I would recommend it. If you're into stalking. Listen, I like <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> no, I like crime stuff. I was just, you know, funny. If you're into that kind of yeah. stuff, it's like stalking is your niche. This is for you. Exactly. <laughs> well, see, I like true crime, not like watching the crime happen. Oh, it's like, so I've never good. seen the show. But... You guys should watch. It's really good. I actually watched the first episode after we discussed last week of the first season. And? Um, I, I mean, maybe I have to give it more of a chance. I think it's uh, it's okay. It just it went like one step too far for me in a few instances, and I was like, I don't know if I. I'm into this. One step too far in terms of what Joe does to Becker's. I'm just not, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, the violence. Oh, yeah, um, don't continue watching like, then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just was kind of uh, disturbing, yeah. Mm. I like that kind of stuff, so I will recommend it to any of our listeners that are into that kind of stuff. I also had started um, Mindhunters the other day. I don't know if you guys had heard about this, but it's... 
Yeah, that show is pretty crazy. Oh, I'm loving it so far. Um, my dad actually recommended it to me. It's about this unit within the FBI that started studying behavioral science and psychology. So, of course, I'm into okay. it. Um, and in particular, they started interviewing serial killers um, to understand their thought process and thought patterns and hopefully stop other serial killers in the future. But this was really the first time that the FBI had done this. So um, it's a really cool show. Um, I've only seen about four episodes. So looking forward to continuing that throughout this week. And I also started Fleabag. I only got two episodes in, but very funny, very dry British humor. Um, it's good so far. So those are my little Netflix recommendations of the week. Although I take that back fleet bag. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime. So taking that one yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. On a similar note, um, the Golden Globes are happening Sunday night. So by the time this comes out, again, this would have already happened. But they are serving a plant-based menu for the first time. Um, so just wanted to give them a quick little shout out because I thought that was cool. That, that is, is cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Back to our discussion earlier on Tommy Lahren. She actually, of course, commented on this and was like, and now the food's going to be bad. Like, oh, boy. Sorry, I snorted again. Every time you say her name, yeah, I Yeah, but I was like, it. how could you even like, say anything bad about this? Like, you're not going. Also, like, why? Why do you care? Yeah, she's just Plant-based so food irrelevant. can be really tasty if you've ever had it. Obviously. I was like, of course you had something to say about like, that. Republicans, <laughs> people love to say that, like, oh, liberals always are so offended by everything, which is, yeah. like, not true, but, and then, like, every time something happens, they're so bothered by it and have to, like, shout mm-hmm. about it on Twitter. But yeah. <sighs> anyway, sorry. I just wanted to give a <laughs> shout out to the Golden Globes for being a little bit more conscious of the environment and the effects that eating meat has on the environment with going with this plant-based menu. I think it's really cool. So looking forward to see how that plays out. Hopefully we'll recap next week if anybody has any comments on that from the Golden Globes. But I'm sure it will be just fine. I'll let you know how it is. I'll be there tonight. Just fine. And I want to see a copy of the menu. Uh, That's what I want to see. I'm sure they'll release it. I'd love to comment on Um, it. I didn't see anything on it, but I'm sure they will release something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one cool. more hot take, and this is to a discussion <laughs> that came up on one of our social media feeds. I'd seen that, I think it was on Twitter, uh, her take pod had tweeted that, like, why do people enjoy puzzles? And I was like, wait, do we not like puzzles? So then, you know, went to talk to Jackie and Kira via text, and I was like, guys, do we not like puzzles? Turns out Kira doesn't like puzzles. I love them. So... <laughs> Just wanted to bring that up. They bring me a lot of joy. Um, Actually, every summer, my family and I, we do puzzles out in Montauk. My family goes out to Montauk in the Hamptons every summer. And it's just kind of a little thing that we do on the side. And I really like it. And I think it brings me a lot of joy when you find that piece you've been looking for. And when you finish your puzzle. And of course, it's challenging for your brain, which is good as well. But I love puzzles. I know Kira doesn't feel the same way, but apparently this is a hot take. (laughs) 
So how this came up is because the holidays, everybody does puzzles. So everybody is posting pictures of their puzzles. But why I don't like puzzles is because the mess it makes stresses me out. So everybody posting their pictures of all these messy puzzle pieces splayed out. If you have a thousand piece puzzle that takes forever to solve and I can't solve it fast enough to clean up the messy pieces. So that's why I don't like puzzles and why I was like, why does everybody have to post their messy puzzle pieces everywhere? It just kind of stresses me out, which is the opposite of what puzzles are supposed to do. So that's why I don't do them. And apparently it's very uncommon. Everybody freaking likes puzzles. puzzles. You know, it's like (laughs) such an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, look, nothing against people who enjoy puzzles. I just, I can't. I I think the key is the organization. Like, my aunt has a puzzle board with little drawers on the side. So, like, after you dump out all the pieces, you got to organize them by color or whatever. And that's the key. Like, you got to start with the organization. Then you got to do the perimeter and then start doing little pieces within the puzzle. So it's a it's a disorganized process, but eventually reaches a more organized they, state. Um, I think that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they also have um, it is beautiful. They also have I got this for my sister-in-law for Christmas as a part of her gift. They sell puzzle pads that let you neatly roll up your unfinished puzzle. Mm. So you can store mm. it. You don't have to just keep the whole thing yeah. out. So it's truly, uh, and she has, you know, my two nieces are, uh, how old are they? Five and three? No, four and three. So I feel like they would be prone to maybe messing up the puzzle. So I was like, I'm going to get her this uh, to uh, safely store her puzzles out of the prying hands of children. So the, the future is now. There's lots of mm. great inventions that will... Uh, that really advances. Yeah. That's okay. I don't feel like anything like I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything by not liking puzzles. So it just makes me <laughs> sad that you don't like puzzles. <laughs> I feel fine. So <laughs> Kira's fine with it. I'm fulfilled in other ways. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh Kira, do you uh have any hot takes? I don't so much as have a specific hot take as I have a general pondering. I would like to discuss TikTok. I (laughs) do not understand TikTok. This is the first social media that I cannot understand. It makes Mm -hmm. me feel very old. I saw an article in the New York Times today about, um, it's called Hype House in LA, and it's a ton of TikTokers. I don't know if that's what they're called, but I'm going to assume that's what they're called. It's like the most famous TikTokers who all live together in this house in LA and just like record TikToks all day. And they're like 15. So I don't know whose parents are out here letting their teenage children live together in a house in LA. Are they supervised? I guess just because they're making... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I don't know the laws. I don't know. All I know is... I have not seen a single TikTok that I thought was funny. I have not seen a single TikTok dance that I thought was good or an actual dance. Like, it's not dancing, this TikTok style of dancing. It's like moving your hands in a circle. I'm not here to be a hater. I'm just here to say I'm not following. I don't understand 
And I'm not that old, but I feel old because I can't mm. get on board. So that's really just my thing this week that I'm trying to uh, comprehend. Uh, I The only, like, teenage internet star I uh, can support and get behind is Emma Chamberlain. She is so funny. I can't even believe how funny I find her. It's kind of like, what's wrong with me? But she posted a video, like, trying to recreate TikTok dances. And my roommate and I were like, we just don't understand. Like, this is just not... Why is this a thing? Why do people enjoy watching Mm -hmm. this? So, that's all I have to say. This is, like, the new craze. Yeah. And I'm I'm not following. I think this is, like, Gen Z's answer to Vine. Yeah. But Vine is funny. There are some TikToks that are like Vine. (laughs) Those are funny. And a lot of those are on yeah. Twitter. So, like, I've decided I don't need a TikTok because the funny TikToks are on Twitter. But, like, those, I agree here, <laughs> those stupid TikToks with the dances, I don't get it either. Not I feel good. old yeah. for not getting it. I am. <laughs> so, so confused. I, um, so I won't name names because I don't think this person wants this information to be very public. But I know someone that's, like, kind of like a little like has like a bit of a following on on tiktok oh. like has a bit of clout i don't tiktok like, famous i don't i mean probably by this point close to like five million likes or views or something throughout their account yeah it's and and like the way i understand it and honestly like when i was told this i had never heard or i had heard of tiktok but i i had i did i don't have an account i i don't watch them and the way i sort of understand it i think it's a great place for fandoms and for for fandoms to have like a like an outlet for creativity that's like fun short snappy videos is like related to like whatever like whether it's a book or like whether it's like a tv show or like a movie series so i think it's like it's like good for that and i think that's like part of the reason why it's like popular and people like it i'm not as as, but whatever as yeah as far as i understand and you know i think some of them are funny so you know, Kira, don't uh, be a hater, okay? Don't, don't even play or hate the game. You're right. I'm not here to, yeah, I'm not here to hate on any of the TikTokers. I do think it's a little annoying that people pay for this. Like, these oh. 15-year-olds are going to be Wait. so rich. And I'm like, can we not support and encourage such Wait, stupidity? Is this- Sorry, that's like a bit of a hater. It's not but- free. Or are you mm-hmm. saying like... Like, Instagram. No, like, they'll get, like, when people are okay. famous on Instagram or YouTube, like, they'll get sponsorships. Oh. Like, how are they able to afford this beautiful house in L.A.? They're obviously making money off of TikTok. Like, it's not hard to make money. The amount of people who are bloggers and are making thousands of dollars and barely have, like, followers is pretty crazy. Like, it's not hard to make money on the internet. But some of it's, like, just, like, over-polluted with too many people and it's all kind of dumb. Now I'm kind of sounding like a hater. I know. But I just, I, I don't understand it. And I don't think it's funny. So I'm like, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I think in conclusion, TikTok will never be as good as Vine. <laughs> no, like back in our day, we did it right. Bring we had back Vine. Vine. Oh, stuff was funny. <laughs> we Literally used to spend entire afternoons making Vines. I never had a Vine, but I think you had, you had a Vine account, obviously, Kira. I had a Vine. Um. I did have a vine, yeah. 
But I mean, I wasn't famous. But the vines were funny. Yeah. Kira's like, I should have been. Maybe I should have been. I was pretty (laughs) funny. Well, that's the other thing about TikTok is like, I'm funny. So, and it's, I'm not hard to impress, (laughs) you know? Like, I don't have super high standards. I enjoy a lot of things. So, like, if I don't think it's funny, it's probably not funny. I don't know what to tell you. Kind of not true. Other people can have other senses of humor. But, like, not really. (laughs) Anyway, if you understand TikTok, send me an essay. Let's make a TikTok. Dissect it for (laughs) me. Her take TikTok. (laughs) Let's make a her take TikTok, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's how we get the pot I think it's embarrassing. I, like, low-key refuse to download (laughs) it. I think what's embarrassing (laughs) is there's somebody I know from our high school. I won't name who it is. But she has a TikTok, and I've seen her post the TikToks on Instagram, and I'm like, it's embarrassing that you have a TikTok. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've never seen anybody post a TikTok. Uh, I've never, so. yeah. I okay, probably don't we'll know. talk later. <laughs> I mean, we'll look, people are successful on TikTok. Good for them. I think TikToks can be funny, you know? I don't uh, get it. So that's what I've got to say. Yeah, to each I don't their think own. something I would use, but yeah, to each their own. Jackie, any hot takes so. for the week? I sure do have some. So the New York Times released this quiz, I think right before New Year's. Um, Yeah, it was called a quiz. So it's called Can You Identify These Politicians, Athletes and Celebrities? Most Americans can't. And it's uh, I got 42 out of 52. Correct. Which I'm very proud of myself. And uh, part of the quiz, it was hilarious. So part of the quiz was to identify. Well, one of the people they asked you to identify was Pete Buttigieg. And the way the quiz worked was you had to type in their full name. Um, and there were 168 ways respondents spelled Buttigieg. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that were not, like, obviously correct. I just wanted to share a couple of ones that were funny. Um, I, maybe we'll post a screenshot of this because you really get the full range. Um, but people uh, wrote Buttigieg, uh, Buttigieg, Buttigieg. Voot, Jeej, uh, Boutilij, um, uh, here. Look, they have the right. It's a hard last name. I mean, <laughs> I can't I don't even know. say it. His name Buda is so Buda hard. Judge. I don't know. The person that like, spelled, Gu- I don't know. The person that spelled Gutenberg, I'm not sure what was going on there. Um, some person like actually just spelled it like boot edge edge. It's hard, um, man. Which is, uh, I mean, not, I mean, look, someone just wrote booty, <laughs> B-U-T-I. <laughs> booty. So, Pete it's booty. pretty funny. Pete Booty. Uh, Buddha Jev with a V at the end. Uh, so that was, uh, it was hilarious. I almost got it right, but I missed the second I. So uh, I was not very far off. So. It's a really hard last name. I give people it credit is. for mm-hmm. knowing. Yeah. yeah. Kira asked me last week, she's like, wait, how do you pronounce it? Well, because I always feel like I say, I it's stumble hard. on it. I always yeah. feel like I'm, mm-hmm. like, it's Buttigieg, I think. But I feel like every time I say, I'm like, Buddha, 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 <laughs> And then you just stop at Booty. Booty. Yeah. Pete Buddha. Pete B. Mayor Pete, how about that? <laughs> Mayor Pete. There we go. Yeah, and uh, I also just wanted to briefly mention that the HGTV Dream Home is, uh, the sweepstakes are now open, so you bet that I'm entering twice a day oh, on yeah. uh, HGTV.com. It? It's in um, Hilton Head, South Carolina. 
I wish they would do one like in New York for once so that like if I win, I could theoretically use it because I'm definitely not like going to South Carolina, (laughs) but (laughs) um, it's really nice. So I'm going to enter and I probably, well, obviously like I won't win, but if I were to win, there's a cash prize alternative, which I will take instead of the house because Oh, definitely take it inside the house. Yeah. Yeah. Because the taxes on that house you have to pay. They screw people over every year. They're like, here, you can have this dream home. You just can't afford to pay the taxes on it. Right. Yeah. So that's what yeah, I'm give me that cash doing. money. Looking forward to it. I when I was younger, I used to enter all the time, like on behalf of my mom. But it was like me mm-hmm. entering, obviously, <laughs> and because uh, I was too young to enter. And uh, I just wanted to win every year. And there was that one in Stowe, Vermont, that Kira wanted to win so badly. I wanted to also win badly, but it just felt like the perfect. Uh, it just felt like the perfect house. Um, it was yeah, because like my family we grew up enormous skiing in Stowe. Yeah. So that was why I really wanted to win that year. But then my dad was like, as if we'd be able to afford the taxes. So it was for the best. Yeah. So I look forward to entering every day, twice a day, until February, (laughs) whatever. So everyone should enter. And then that way, if one of you guys win, then uh, we can uh, vacation there or split the cash prize, maybe, since I told you to enter, right? So you're taking my (laughs) advice. Um. We'll see. Yeah, I get a cash prize. I'm paying off my student loans. <laughs> mm, that's a good. Yeah, that's smart. I'm be like, mm, I'm gonna buy a different house. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are really my hot takes. Just wanted to mention that briefly. Um, so I think uh, Jen has a Shiro of the week that she wants to talk about. Yeah. Okay, guys. So my Shiro of the week. Her name is Christina Koch. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. She is a U.S. astronaut and. Just this past week, she set the record for the longest space flight by a woman ever. So that is super, super exciting. So the record initially was 288 days. Um, So she broke that record on January 2nd. Um, So very exciting. And her mission is supposed to be for a total of 328 days. So she's there for a little bit longer out in space. Um, the current record is 340 days. Uh, the current U.S. record, I'm sorry. Uh, obviously, it is set by a man, so I'm a little annoyed because I'm like, just stay there for like another month. You could break the record. But, you know, <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like to be out in space for that long. Um, and the longest world record is by a Russian astronaut in the 1990s who is out in space for 15 months. But You know, just wanted to give our girl, Christina, a little shout out because it's amazing that she's out there um, doing the longest space flight ever by a woman. And I'm sure she's learning so many new things out there in space. Um, She's also going to be part of that all-female spacewalk. So that's cool. Good for her. So exciting. That is awesome. Um, So she's my share of the week. Go, Christina. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> okay. I think on that note, it's time to turn to our retakes. I know Kira had a retake, so I will let her uh, talk about that. Yeah, it's not a particular retake. I was just, my audio was so low that I couldn't hear myself. So I didn't even like finish listening to the episode because I was like, can't even hear what I'm saying. So whatever. Um, that's all. 
just like, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, I couldn't hear myself. It is what it is. It's all right. Yeah. And uh, Jen, any retakes? Um, my only retake is I apologize to all of our fans. Uploaded the pod a little late on Tuesday. <laughs> I, um, you know. All you our know, fans, don't cry for us. I, yeah, everyone was I so take worried. full accountability. Usually Kira uploads the pod after she finishes editing and you schedule it to be released. At, I think we have it set for 6.30 usually Tuesday morning. Um. But, you know, my brain just wasn't working. I said I would do it because Kira was busy, and I just kind of dropped the ball. So the pod didn't really get uploaded until around 11.30-ish. So sorry if anyone was up before then and was looking for the pod, but it did get uploaded later in the day, so hopefully you got a chance to listen. So sorry about that. (laughs) It's my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was very disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, I got zero messages about it, so I don't think anybody yeah. cared. <laughs> huh. Well, I think that brings us to the conclusion of this wonderful episode. Episode 20, the first episode of 2020. Very exciting. Um, so, wishing you all a wonderful week. Back in the groove. We look forward to talking to you all soon. As I mentioned, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Her Take Podcast and on Twitter at Her Take Pod. Um, thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. And also share with your friends and leave a comment or uh, give this episode a like on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're able to because it helps uh, spread the Her Take message on those little podcast wave world. So. Thanks so much, everybody. All the love. Yes, thank you, Kira. Ciao. Thanks for listening. Bye.